Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, brought to you by VT Scoop 24-7 Sports. My name is Andrew Alex, joined today by Doug Bowman and Matasis. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Andrew. I'm glad to be back. I'm happy to have you. <laughs> We're just talking off air, folks. Matei, it's been a while since I've seen his beautiful face. Doug, I saw a couple of weeks ago Luke Combs concert, rocking and rolling. Charlotte, Charlotte Beer Garden, most taps. In the United Most, States of America, the number one beer garden in the United States by wow. USA Today Reader's Choice in 2022. I'm just I'm imagining you at, during the drive down, just like saying that over and over again until your wife like slapped <laughs> you in the face. <laughs> I didn't see it; they got it on the wall there. So I was like, "Wow, how about that?" They were number like three in uh, 2021, so they were making improvements. There's another Charlotte Beer Garden, too, that's on the list. You guys got some good options down there. The other one. It's not number one, so. It is a sports, concerts, and drinking city, which luckily are my interests. You know, <laughs> who needs to go hiking? Potato, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I feel like uh, back had some audio technicalities the last time. Try to jump on, but... Uh, just with the ACC kickoff, feels like football's finally coming back. I'd, summer is great, but hate that there's a lack of sports. So football is just around the corner. To be fair, there's sports. It's just, you know. It's just the Baltimore Orioles. The, the, Mets, aren't, the Mets are terrible. The Mets are terrible. I'm like, today I found my – the Orioles are kind of like my, my side team. My dad grew up an <laughs> Orioles fan. And I found myself today rooting for the Marlins to beat the Rays, even though that would go directly against the Mets' interest, because I have that little faith that they'll come back, and I'd rather just <laughs> pull for the Orioles the rest of the way. I also placed a wager that would make me a lot of money if they somehow win the World Series. Well, so. Whatever it takes. <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, you know, football season is right around the corner. It's right around that time that people start texting me, what games are you going to, where are you staying, how are we going to make this happen? Matei is already talking about Piscataway, New Jersey. Hell yeah. Rutgers. But before that, you get the true right before the season analysis that this podcast and the rest of the internet will provide for you. And I feel like, you know, ACC Media Day is to the beginning of football season. But like the firing of Skipper is to a Virginia Tech game is about to happen in like an hour and a half. So we're in that hour and a half wait period right now. And uh, I couldn't be more excited. Brent Pride takes the stage. I guess we got to start off with the surprising news that will have significant impact on what we at least expected to see on the field. Jesse Hansen, senior lineman, sounding like his football career has come to an end. Uh, Probably didn't guarantee it per se. It's not a done deal, but you know how much college football coaches love talking about injuries. If a coach is up there saying it's a pretty much over, that means it's definitely over for all intents and purposes. That's what we'll assume. Doug, from an offensive line that was already shaky last year, didn't make huge improvements, at least in the transfer portal. Losing a veteran guy seems like uh, not what we were looking for. I don't know. Does this make you more worried? Has your stock on the line dropped significantly? I don't think it can make me more worried than I already was. Um, 
Jesse Hansen was competing for a spot at right guard. Had, by, by all accounts, had not locked it down and not been named the starter, was not the clear starter there. So there was still going to be a competition there. Um, so, I mean, he was just a piece of a an August battle that was to come and then, like, you know, an effort to get to seven playable offensive linemen. Sounds like it. So, so his injuries loss, a big loss there in terms of depth at a position or a spot that Tech was already really, really shallow at. Um, they've been lucky on the offensive line over the last couple of years to not lose a, a rotation guy or a starter. And, and it just seems like they lost one already um, before August gets started. So that right guard position was up in the air heading into August. It's still up in the air. Bob Schick is probably going to be a factor there, along with Clayton Frady, the transfer from Gardner-Webb. Um, kind of makes me think, like, yeah, he theoretically has Frady being he, – he theoretically has position versatility. You know, he could play tackle or guard, but Tech's already down a guard now, essentially. So it seems like he may be lock, locking more into a guard spot this year um, than perhaps – he would have if Hanson was healthy. So um, I, I don't think I don't think you can be more worried because it was already the biggest question mark on on the team, in my opinion. Of um, how how good is the offensive line, and, and you know what what can they do about depth? They, I don't know. You probably got four and a half guys you feel good about or decent about, and two of them are Xavier Chaplin and Braylon Moore, who are redshirt freshmen who have barely played. So um, yeah, I mean question mark and I guess a bigger question mark, a slightly bigger question mark now than it was before, but it was already, you know, the biggest concern on the team probably. Yeah. And I think just in addition, like if you're looking at where this offensive line needs to be, like, as Doug was saying, it is the biggest question mark and just kind of how the roster is shaped out and you have movement with the offensive line coach and, you know, Jesse Hansen on, you know, in an ideal world is a rotation guy for you. You don't want him necessarily being like one of the more experienced guys coming back. You know, we're listing him as a starter, but, you know, there's still competition there. Um, Clayton Frady is another guy that obviously found a lot of success at a different level. And, you know, heading into the season, you kind of wonder, okay, could he be a guy that steps in for Xavier Chaplin uh, if he can't swing it at left tackle or, you know, are you, can you move a guy like Parker over to the left side? And now it's kind of turned into Clayton Frady probably has to be one of those starting five. And you already have the inexperience of Braylon Moore, um, you know, probably stepping into that left guard position. So, you know, it is a hit, as Doug said, but it's still an offensive line that still needs more bodies in there, needs more experience. And, you know, while the offense does look a lot different next year in terms of the wide receiver room, running backs, it, maybe even quarterback. Um, this offensive line is definitely going to be something that, you know, a lot of people are going to hold their breath every game because, you know, it's definitely the clear weak point on this offense in general. Yeah. Among like, <laughs> if you're looking for a top seven, top eight, I don't think the guy that started last season and is a, what he's a fifth year senior, um, definitely old enough and experienced enough to be a top seven, top eight guy is the guy you're you're at least hoping to to lose when you're trying to piece that together. Um, uh, one, one, I guess, potential positive 
if you go down that road is like it may accelerate kind of the youth movement on the offensive line of guys are just going to have to play this redshirt freshman. And I think Brent Pry talking to the media today mentioned Jack Hollyfield as a guy that maybe that means he's coming along and getting ready to, you know, be a top seven, eight guy, but a guy like Brody Meadows or Johnny Garrett or Johnny Dixon, those kind of second year guys that I think in an ideal world, you're probably like, eh, give them another year to, to marinate, to develop, but maybe they might, they may not have a choice basically right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for youth movements, right. But, you know, accelerating the youth movement in this situation may be, uh, accelerating the amount of time the quarterback has until he needs to release the ball if he doesn't want to take a sack. And, you know, that's not ideal for what Virginia Tech is trying to do now. I mean, basic analysis that I feel like people will generally agree with. Jesse Hansen's a replacement level player, right? There's worse offensive alignment you could lose, but you lose that veteran presence. And uh, on top of that, it's not good to lose a replacement level player when you don't have a replacement. And the question is, does Virginia Tech? A lot can happen in an off season. There can be massive development, plenty of examples over the years. And you got to hope that uh, in the case of Virginia Tech, you know, there, there's one, two guys that took a, a monumental step forward or else, you know, we're going to be on pins and needles all year even with the starting group. But once again, you you really leave yourself with what seems like no margin for injuries, you know, on that offensive front. Aside from that, you got like just the sheer depth issue. You, you like one of your offensive linemen is Caden Moore, who is now a center for the first time ever. So don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Xavier Chaplin most missed most of last year injured himself. So, there may be injury concerns there. And then you got a brand new offensive line coach who started two days or three days before spring practice started. Uh, Frady comes in and his first practice will be in August with the team. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's a lot of uh, uncertainty, a lot of questions beyond just like, do we have enough players? It's like, do we, are we on the same page with the coach and understand what he's teaching? And do is, Caden Moore's best position. What if Caden Moore's best position is guard and not center? So it's like to get ugly quick. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, it's uh, it's the job of the coaching staff to figure out the permutation on the offensive line that I suppose you know gives the team the best chance to win. And even if that means moving a player out of his best natural position. Because in his best natural position, there is a more competent backup that's less likely to screw up. And obviously, I mean, we, we saw it all last year with Boston College. You could have great skill players, two holes on the offensive line, and it's over, right? So where can you fill that hole in the most competent way? That's a, that's a question that Brent Pry has fall camp to figure out. But uh, noteworthy... And I know a lot of people uh, highlighted it and tried to take a lot of meaning out of it. Grant Wells, incumbent starter, not at ACC Media Day. Yeah, he's not in Charlotte. A lot of people trying to take meaning out of this. Now Doug may be taking a little bit of meaning out of 
Brent Pry's comments. And what was your interpretation there, buddy? Well, on that note, like they also asked him, this was all on a ACC network hit that he did it after his, what do you call it, speech? After he gets up on the podium for the main show, um, goes on ACC network. They ask him why he didn't bring Wells um, or drones. And he said, because he couldn't bring them both. So, I mean, obviously that's three, like he didn't want to give one of them the perception that they are ahead of the other heading in August. Anyways, then they, then they ask him like, so how's the, how's the quarterback position going? And I think, I think prize response was telling in that it, it's still the potential versus like comfort in the offense. And with his experience kind of thing, he says, Grant Wells is like a three year college starter. He's played a lot of football thought process guy makes the right decisions kind of thing. And then, I pulled up the quote about Kyron Jones. He says he's incredibly talented, big, fast, strong arm competitor. Um, he goes on, says he's an athletic guy. We didn't put him live in the spring, but he's 235 pounds. He's fast. He's one of the strongest guys on the team. The defensive guys act like they can tackle him. And, and Price says he's, he's kind of like, yeah, I, I want to see you try and tackle him. Um, if they, if they ever let trends go live. So, I mean, that's the, battle that they're going to weigh in August of like potential and ceiling and athleticism and kind of like all those attributes first, like Grant Wells being experienced and you know what you're going to get and you're confident that he's going to, you know, execute the offense and make the right decision within the scheme and all that stuff. So um, I just think it's, I, th- I thought it was a little bit of a tell from Pry about like, I think on that Adam Brenneman podcast he did, he said the number three thing he wants in a program is a dynamic quarterback. And it's, I think it's pretty clear that he thinks drones is a dynamic quarterback. To me, it's just a question of whether, whether he understands the offense and like executes and makes the right reads and goes through his progressions in the right order and comes to the right conclusion that like Grant Wells can do. Like that's what, Every every offensive coordinator values that and wants to know that the play the play call he's going to run is going to be executed by the quarterback properly. And if Jones could prove that, I think he's trended towards being the guy, in my opinion. Right off the bat, though, then that's my question. Right off the bat, because I mean that's a lot to prove in fall camp. I mean, not to uh, to tease an article that will probably already have been released by the time this podcast is released. My thought process as a, as a betting man, if I were myself, I would say, <laughs> you can't lose to Old Dominion, right? And Kyron Drones has thrown under 30 collegiate passes. Grant Wells has thrown over 1,000. Not all of them were pretty, but that's experience. You have the extra year in the system. In the beginning of the season, when you're trying to build momentum, wouldn't it be smarter to go with the safe guy? Because, I mean, as we know, and we've seen it, you know, across programs, across what have you, you know, you go out there and get smacked. I mean, just like last year, right? Oh, we're all so excited for the new season, new coaching regime, what have you. You lose to Old Dominion, and suddenly it's like, wah, wah, wah. It can't happen again, especially with the momentum that this program feels like it's building on the recruiting trail. Now, if you go out and lose to Purdue in week two, 
and you want to pull the plug, yeah, pull the plug. But I feel like though there's probably a lot more upside with drones, there's probably a lot more risk as well. And at least for the opening game, you want to minimize risk as much as possible. You're not going to need all that upside. Hopefully not, at least. I 100% agree with that. I think, like, when we look at this quarterback competition, and we've seen it, we've kind of seen it in the past, like even Hendon Hooker coming in and, you know, find a, the guy with limitless potential comes in and all of a sudden is the savior. Kind of feels like the same case here. Like, we have a closed competition. I think that speaks to drones hanging in there. But it also says that if you were, you know, by far and away, the most impressive quarterback, like you would probably have been named starter if not soon. And I just have a feeling that week one rolls around, you go with the safe option, the guy that knows your playbook in an ideal world, like all that stuff is going to work out. I think as the season progresses, like we just talked about the offensive line, there's a lot of things there that you're going to need someone who is dynamic and can take some pressure off the offensive line that can, you know, is a much better athlete than Grant Wells. I think sometimes, you know, we didn't see it all that much last year. Grant Wells with his legs, the coaching staff seems to think he's valuable in that regard as well. But um, I just feel like as the season progresses, you're going to need kind of an X factor there to shore up your offensive line and utilize the guys on the outside and the backfield catching passes, just make the offense more dynamic. So I personally think we could see Grant Wells for the first, you know, couple weeks, maybe. There's obviously going to be short leash because this year is super important, as Andrew mentioned. You need to build that momentum. You need to make sure a guy like Brody Adams is staying in the boat and likes what he sees out of this offense and that you have a quarterback that, you know, you're not finishing 120th in passing offense. So um, I definitely think, you know, there was talk today about a two-quarterback system, um, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. Like I don't envision going into week one and, you know, every other time that the offense takes the field, it's a new quarterback, but um, I definitely can see how this competition extends into the fall. I think there's two scenarios, either drones is the starter or it's a, or, or it's a two quarterback system of sorts. Probably talked today about like he'd, he'd do it with one guy being like the primary guy and then a package. not like Okay. So yeah, split. I mean like, are, are we talking about a two quarterback system or like a Blumrick package? A Quincy right, Patterson like package. Quincy. I think it would be slightly larger than a Blumrick or, or Quincy Patterson package was. Um, they're at least different quarterbacks, um, different skill sets. But I mean, I think, I think those are the two scenarios. I think drones is, I mean, just like listen to pride talk about what he brings to the table today. I don't think you can keep that on the sideline. Um, particularly like Matei was talking about, if the offensive line is not good and you need somebody to extend plays and escape pressure and pick up yards on the ground and all that stuff. Like, <laughs> I think that's going to be drones. It's just a question of, to me, it's a question of whether drones is clearly better than Wells by the end of August. Because at that point they'll pick him to be the quarterback. Because you can't, you can't. For the rest of the team, you can't pick a lesser quarterback. They'll well, know it. They'll know who's the better quarterback. And if you pick the other guy who's like the safe choice with experience, they'll be like, "Well, he's like we all see it on the practice field. Why is this guy not the starting quarterback?" And I don't know. Yes, yeah, I mean that's just that, what that's, they weigh of like the decision. So yeah, I mean that's the entire evaluation, isn't it? Like. 
the coach has to play the player who they believe gives the team the best chance to win. And over time, that may change. I think that it, it is no question, like to your illustration of prize comments, the amount of upside that drones has, Wells does not match. There's the adjustment period. I know that the the rumblings are that drones didn't outshine Wells in the spring, certainly didn't in the spring game, but supposedly there were some you know, small injuries that impeded his ability to get on the field. Obviously you're learning a new system. So the moment that, you know, drones becomes the guy that gives you the better chance. It just might not necessarily be on Labor Day weekend. Once you get into the heat of things against stronger defensive lines and your offensive line is a little bit banged up. Yeah. At a certain point you send the flyer and you just say, all right, we'll put, we'll put this guy out there. But I'm just curious to see. I mean, again, we we don't know. Fall camp hasn't started yet. Maybe he'll go out there and outshine Wells completely and Doug will be right. But just from kind of what we were hearing coming out of the spring, you know, you have to think that Wells has a pretty decent chance of at least being the day one starter. Now, if you ask me what I thought the chances of Wells being the starter against UVA, I would say they are significantly, significantly lower. I was just going to say, yeah, it's the incumbent's advantage. I mean, we saw it all throughout the Fuente era of like Josh Jackson. And then in 2018, Jackson and Willis, he goes with Willis. I mean, he goes with Jackson, has to turn over to Willis. Because 2019 goes with Willis, has to turn over to Hooker. Like, it's hard for coaches to like unseat the established starter willingly before like on the field play it's throws something out of whack. So I mean with, like, with, with the that expected thing. outcomes thing that Fuente and Cornelson were all about, that's that's not uncommon among coaches. They like it's it's tough to be like like Matei was or one of you guys said like Wells has thrown over a thousand passes started three years and drones thrown under thirty. <laughs> yeah. None hard. of which were particularly meaningful passes. Right. It's just I think it could happen and I might even go out on the limb and say it's going to happen and make my prediction, but I understand that it's, it's tough for a coach to with all the pressure riding on him to go to an unknown quantity when the lights come on versus the guy that they at least did it for 12 games in some capacity last year. Yeah. I mean, the, the difference talk about the uh, comparing it to the, Willis to <laughs> Hooker situation to Burmine Street. You know, to... <laughs> well, the, that was kind of going against the grain. That yeah. was <laughs> Hendon Hooker revived our season last year. Oh, like he's got COVID. We, we don't want to go down this rabbit game. hole. <laughs> oh, we won the game that we this put Burmine Street. Here we go. Here we see. go. <laughs> don't even need to get into that. Good luck, Hendon Hooker. Go Lions. Um, but Doug, anything else stick out to you? From uh, you know the coach's comments, did you accept Ali Jennings' apologies for what he did in the fourth quarter against Virginia Tech last year? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't his fault that couldn't make a play down the field on a jump ball, um, or that there were four turnovers before that, or a snap over the field goal. 
nothing nothing about that was Hallie. I, I wish I was in the room for that where he's like, sorry guys. Or I don't know if he actually apologized. It was probably more of a good line to have it ready to go in a press conference, but uh, I'm sure they've been talking about that. Um, you know, ribbing each other, do, doing the whole teammate thing in the locker room where he's talking about that stuff. So, um, I, I mean, it is on Allie Jennings. It is kind of uh, impressive or noteworthy that he transferred in in January and he got taken to media days in July. Um, probably talk a little bit about that, but that says a lot about like his attitude and work ethic and what he's done in six months to like warrant and, and for pride to feel safe taking the new transfer that comes in as the you know number one wide receiver to, to take him to media days i kind of say this tongue-in-cheek but i feel like he should be the one that makes the quarterback decision for week one i mean he's got the revenge game he's seen yeah, who, who does he want throwing the ball <laughs> he's gonna want to win that game so he's gonna take whomever's the best quarterback behind closed doors so he should be the one making that call. He's already seems to be a team captain. So I don't know. The guys <laughs> will ride with his opinion. <laughs> Give it to Allie Jennings. No big nuggets for you guys uh, defensively. Uh, the one thing I heard was uh, that they asked Pry about the transfers and he ran through the offensive transfers. But then he said Derek Canteen has been, and this is something we've talked about, Derek Canteen has been very impressive in everything he does from his work ethic to his actual play he called him one of the starters on the defense um i'll be curious to hear exactly or learn exactly what that means um is he taking over dorian strong's supposed spot as the kind of the number two corner across from monsoor delane or is he or is that just saying he's he's essentially the starting nickel back when we play nickel package which is going to be quite a bit um so I just thought that was interesting to hear validation on from from Pry about how much how impressed they've been with Derek Canteen and also how much they, they expect him to be a big part of the defense this year. Josh Fuga Mate holds up the lunch pail and says, We're back. Or it's back. We're back. Virginia Tech is back. Do you want to run through a brick wall? You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's ever good to be to say insert school is back. Miami, Texas. Yeah, when has that ever out. worked out? How it many does, times it doesn't work out. <laughs> we've seen horn de- horns down a million times over Twitter. What was it? It was like the um, Ellinger after yeah, they, they won like the cotton bowl or something and he's like we're back yeah and then ever since then or did like, they beat Texas, notre dame to open the year and then went like five and seven or something something like that but you know yeah. respect for the mindset of that group to you know proclaim that virginia tech <laughs> is back but they will be held to that standard so it's bold but i'm glad that fuga was the guy that you know got a little shine on media day yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Fuga so. with the lunch pail is kind of interesting. As a, I mean, if you consider that he's basically been assumed to be the number three defensive tackle behind Pollard and Kendricks, having the lunch pail doesn't jive with that. Seems like he's a starter. Is he ahead of Pollard or Kendricks? Is he 
Are they just going to all three the... split time? Or or did they just want to watch Bale for the weekend? <laughs> or is he a guy with a personality that they wanted to put on stage that they know will see the field and is a you know senior veteran? Probably that. Oh. Wouldn't read too much into that one. Again, it's not not as much like the quarterback situation. Or like, obviously, Allie Jennings is like, an obvious and, situation. Andrew's out on Josh Fuga, apparently. I'm not out on Josh Fuga. I'm very in on Josh Fuga. I'm just saying there's probably no tea leaves there. All right. All right, let's get this. Let's knock this part out. All right. Doug has been doing some investigative journalism. The position group dinners. They're all over Twitter. Doug and Matei have created a definitive ranking of which position groups get the best dinner. Doug, I would like you to start. Matei, I would like you to rebuttal. All right. I did this based on places I would want to go with a little bit of qualification criteria on here. Number, so there's eight total we at, right? Um, eight and seven, I'm going Derek Jones and Elijah Brooks took them took their guys to the same spot, Mellow Mushroom. Wow. They get dinged for taking them to the same spot, all right, as as another position group. Um, not unique in that sense. And then I'm I'm not the biggest Mellow Mushroom fan, you know? Um, yeah, it's a chain pizza place, pretty expensive. I remember back in my day, Mellow Mushroom was instantly out of the budget of a college student, um, was a parents are visiting on the weekend place. Um, to go, so that's why they're in the seventh and eighth spot. Stu Holt took the guys to Grand Rodeo, Mexican place. Is that right? Yep, never I been think there. It's like the uh, didn't people call it the Gucci Elrods or am I? Oh, is that what that place is? All right, I'm pretty well, sure, but again, never. So, okay, there. so number six because it's not Elrods, it's Gucci Elrods, so it gets dinged there. Um, a little bit. You gotta go if you're gonna go to Elrods, you gotta go to Elrods, not Grand Rodeo. Um, so I'll go there. Fontel Mines at number five, PKs. Um, I, I think the coaches spend enough time at PKs, and I don't think that's a very creative spot to take the boys, um, the bad boys, as they are known. Um, you know, I mean, PK solid spot in Blacksburg. I'm sure Andrew will have an opinion on there. Um, but for a, you know, kick season kickoff position group meal, I thought he could have gone a little, you know, outside the normal, the normal place. Uh, number four, Chris Marv took the guys to Outback. Um, it's solely on the ba- backs of the Bloomin' Onion. I was also impressed with Outback Steaks, Steakhouse's facade on the front of their restaurant these days. I think they've upgraded that in recent years. So, I mean, at least they went out to Christiansburg, got a nice steak at least. I think that's good. Um, number three, Sean Gwynn, Hibachi. Fun time, good bonding experience, catching shrimp, um, fried rice. Um, all that kind of stuff. I think that's always an enjoyable experience when you get to go out and enjoy some hibachi on a special occasion, such as the season kickoff. Uh, I'm going to go number two, Tyler Bowen, who it's either a home. They, they either cooked at home or looked like they were on a golf course in the picture. So maybe they, maybe they went to Blacksburg country club for a meal. Regardless home cooked meal. Sounds pretty good. Tyler Bowen, 6'5", former offensive lineman, pretty big guy. I think he knows how to cook a home-cooked meal and probably probably has some good things on the menu there. So, you know, I'd like to – I would like to attend that, maybe get some answers about the quarterback position from from, from Tyler himself. Uh, and then I left – obviously, 
the best for last. Ron Crook took the entire offensive line to Buffalo Wild Wings. I think that would be a phenomenal experience sitting there with at Buffalo Wild Wings with, I don't even know how many offensive linemen are in the roster, but uh, 15 offensive linemen housing B-dubs on, uh, it was, I think it was Tuesday night, right? So it was wing Tuesday too. So they get a nice deal on the traditional wings. Um, honey barbecue and Asian zing. Obviously the choice is there, but um, I would never turn down a meal at Buffalo Wild Wings, especially if your position coach is picking up the tab, which I don't even know if that's what happens there. I guess they can pick up the tab per NCA rules, but those, those are my rankings. I like it. I'll say mine at the end. Matei, run it through. I just want – I don't have it necessarily ranked, but um, – <laughs> well, These are rankings. How are they not ranked? Th- it's somewhat ranked, but I'll say this. I have a few disagreements here, <laughs> and I'm looking at everything through a different lens. If I am a football player and I want to join one of these coaches, let's say I'm the ultimate athlete, I can join any one of these rooms – still trying to figure out my home on the team and I'm not swimming in the NIL deals just yet. You know, I'm going to the dining halls. This is finally a night where the coach is going to treat me. I don't like my biggest qualm with what you said is I actually really enjoyed mellow mushroom. Yeah. And <laughs> the one in Blacksburg at least is the only one I've ever been to. And it's always been pretty good. The one caveat every time I go there or went there as a college kid, I was spending way more money than I was comfortable with. Bad memories. But that kind of bumps it up for me because if I'm going to B-dubs on a Tuesday night where the coach is taking me out, you know, I'd rather him take me to a steakhouse, to an outback, or to Blacksburg Country Club, and maybe I'm getting the full spread. So I'll give you my top three. It's good logic. Number three, I'm actually going with PKs survived on those wing bites for so long, but I'm sure, you know, when you go to PKs, you don't just get like one thing, one entree, you're getting a bunch, a variety of different things. You're getting the drinks, the apps, you're getting pizza, maybe burgers, wraps, you're doing the whole thing. So I think that's a solid spot. You don't have to travel far. Everything's taken care of. You get the best of the best at PKs. Do Number you, two. Do they still do the Tijuana toss at PKs? COVID and inflation killed that one. Oh, bummer. Bummer. People, they'll never know. They'll never understand. (laughs) Number two, I'm going with Tyler Bowen. I'm assuming whether it was home cooked or it was Blacksburg Tree Club, like they're getting nice steaks, probably some nice sides. You're on the golf course. You're enjoying the beautiful weather. Like that looks like a good time. And, you know, the quarterbacks are prima donnas. You got to take care of them, make sure they're doing well. You're making sure they're eating well. Number one, I got to go with the foodie. I got to go with Sean Quinn. And here's the reason why. Kabuki, I have never been there. I, like Doug did, I did some investigative research here. <laughs> you could just take the guys to Christiansburg and go to Sakura, which you know happened in the past. A lot of football players like that spot. Cheap hibachi. If you look up Kabuki, it's three dollar signs on Google. That is good eats right now. Sean Quinn's not playing around. (laughs) That is premium shrimp. We're talking Maine lobster on there. You know, steak from the Midwest. It's the it's the creme of the creme. It's 
it's everything. So Sean Quinn is not messing around. I would love to have that experience. Not only is it probably the most interactive, but it's probably the best quality in terms of what you can get as a student not living in the NIL money. I'm going with Sean Quinn here. I got to say, if among the position groups, when they're, to I guess, when they're told, like, hey, we're all going out for dinner with our position coaches, you know that those outside linebackers were Sean Quinn. We're like, oh, I'm not worried at all where yeah. we're going. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got the number one coach food selector pick in the draft. Um, so, I, I, you know, Matei, I respect those, those choices, okay. except for Mello. I'll, I'll, I'll tear it here. Here's what I'll say. My bottom tier, Grand Rodeo, because yep. something seemed off. And that something is Grand Rodeo isn't even Gucci Elrods. It's just a different place in Christianburg. Oh, oh we're, we're just making things up yeah. here. No, I mean, I understand why you might think that because it is a more grand building per se. But uh, yeah, no, it's a completely different place. It's in Christiansburg. Come on. Just take him to Elrods. Blacksburg expert here. Take him to Elrods at that point. Uh, my other tier, and this is nothing against any of these places. I like all these places individually. Wait, is Grand Rodeo in a tier of its own? Yeah, it's in a bottom yeah. <laughs> tier. It's in, in a, Grand Rodeo. Who knows? It might be very good, but this is Blacksburg. Like, yeah. go to Elrod. There's two of them. Yeah, come on. There's two of them. Then there's the B-Dubs Outback Mellow Mushroom tier. No oh, offense to any of these trains. places, but we are in Blacksburg. Spend your money locally. These guys could all probably have gone to those places in their hometown, regardless of where they're from. Make it something unique. Take it somewhere local, which is why my top tier, uh, and gosh, you know, this was tough because all these places are so good. Kabuki Japanese Steakhouse. Only went there once. It was two years ago. Christian, the bartender from Champs, 30th birthday party. What an experience. It was like dinner and a show. And that's what these guys deserved. Where is this place? In Christiansburg. Get generically Christiansburg. Like the area of Christiansburg that right. looks like a giant strip of Olive Gardens. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the I got road, you. 460. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was such a great experience for me personally. So I'm happy that those guys get to share a similar experience. Um, Number two, we'll assume that Tyler Bowen actually took him out to the country club for dinner. That would be really cool. Something that, you know, the leaders of that quarterback room deserve. You know, they deserve royal treatment. And if they played a round of golf, bonus points, some really fun holes on that course. They got a par three coming off of elevation. You got to go up a very steep flight of uh, steps, and then you're shooting down huge downhill but then like another island hill love that club love that club i have a blacksburg country club polo shirt i wear it all the time uh and the number one's got to be pks right you know they say treat others like you'd want to be treated and those coaches seem to treat themselves to pks really frequently so you might as well <laughs> take the team there your boy lived off of you know even in my post-college blacksburg days in fact almost exclusively in my post-college blacksburg days almost lived nearly exclusively off PK's Rubens, corned beef Reuben, sweet potato fries. I mean, that was just the bare bones. I probably tried everything on the entire menu. Uh, Jack Baum, great bartender. Shout out Jack if you're listening right now. Uh, you know, always a good time to be back. I'm excited to go to PK's. And I'm excited that that wide receiver room uh, had the opportunity. 
to do so. All I hear about is the wings, and you just brought out the corned beef Reuben on us. I'm a deep cuts guy yeah. when it comes to <laughs> bar menus in Blacksburg. I'll tell you the secret menus of these places. Oh, God. There's a salad at Champs that you can order. If you went up to them, it's not on the menu, but if you went up to them and just said, give me Andrew's salad, they would know exactly what to give you. What's on it? It's a Caesar salad, but you toss the, the chicken in hot sauce. That's fantastic. <laughs> Buffalo chicken Caesar salad. Buffalo chicken Caesar salad with a side of garlic bread. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it what's the good. least healthy way I can eat a Caesar salad? Let's find out. Drink five <laughs> beers with it. <laughs> Add some extreme sodium to it, please. Uh, so, yeah, that's my rankings. But uh, you guys catch anything, uh, you know, worth noting? I unfortunately didn't have time to uh, do any research. Did Duke even go today? How, how are the favorites in the conference? <laughs> Elko went. Uh I, I was listening to ACC Network. Mark Packer threw out a. Uh, he thinks that they could go to Charlotte this year. Wow! So, but they, I mean, their schedule is miles tougher than last year. They open with Clemson, Chicago ugly. But um, I did enjoy Riley Leonard, the quarterback. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, he was he was talking. Apparently, he 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 doesn't like that everybody wishes him good luck and says like, "Good luck, go get him." Have a great, have a great game or whatever. So his his mom was saying that to him one time, and he was like, "Mom, that doesn't help." Everybody says, "Have a good game, good luck." Like, doesn't do anything for me. So now she just tells him how much he sucks, and now he's going to disappoint <laughs> the family. Wow, <laughs> that's what the last thing she says to him. <laughs> so, I think there's more to Riley Leonard than we think. Yeah, hundred percent. We should yeah. get him on. I mean. Arguably the best quarterback in the. I did conference. see him ranked as a uh, top ten player in the conference by someone. I don't forget who that was, but I mean, he has the resume for it based on last year. Elko got a big deal. Did you see that contract extension? Uh, twenty twenty nine now. Yeah, it's called when an SEC school steals him away, they got to pay Duke. <laughs> like, my, my secret theory and- is that he's going to take the North Carolina job after the season when Mac Brown retires. Hmm. move up whatever road that is Durham to Chapel Hill, but a little drama. Not crazy, right? I mean, it it would be very controversial. Would it? Would Duke even care? I don't think Duke would care. They'd be like, all right. (laughs) I think think Duke might care a little bit. Well, you know, my dad went to the military bowl this year. So Duke beat UCF. That's dedication. People were... uh, (laughs) Dukies were traveling. I bet. bet. Matei, anything stick out to you? (laughs) Not really. I mean, I just stayed in tune with Virginia Tech. I didn't really watch the rest of it. Um, I'm just simply enjoying these uh, secret menu items, these hot takes that we have. Um, You know, especially best quarterback in the conference. I'd I'd give the nod to Jordan Travis. But, you know, um, yeah, it's always – it's always interesting to see like kind of, you know, you're going to get the stock standard stuff for a lot of these, but then like you really see the stuff like Riley Leonard talking about like his motivations. And I'm curious to see like what else comes out. Like I, has Clemson gone yet? Like I, I want to see some Clemson stuff. Some out of the ordinary thing from Dabo. So I'm sure we would. Did you hear Jim Phillips still selling the, uh, 
Are we about wins? Or are we about dollars? Oh boy. <laughs> no, Jim, could we're could about be dollars. the last, uh, you know, could be one of the last ACC media days with the active participants this year. So, oh God, <laughs> cherish it. So cherish it. <laughs> All right, Doug. What was your favorite Luke Combs song at the concert? Uh, fast car, banger. It is indeed a banger. It is indeed a banger. I like all of his new stuff. His new album's good too, but he didn't play a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, who knows? He was a little bit strapped for time. If you're in the uh, Philadelphia area and you're listening to this, I guess on the day it was released, you still have time to buy tickets to Luke Combs in Philly. (laughs) Doing tracking Luke Combs tour. Uh, I mean, I just know people that are going. Uh, Not that big of a tour, and I know a lot of people in the. greater i guess philadelphia wouldn't be considered the greater new york area but you know everything between dc and boston is essentially just like one big place like let's be honest laney wilson was really good laney wilson's great laney wilson is a uh, beautiful woman fan of hers uh (laughs) we'll see if i cut that All right, let that one go. <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap it up while we're good. We'll be back next week with an offensive preview, a defensive preview. I think an offensive preview. Fall camp gets started Tuesday, yeah. so we'll so do we. We're back. Something like that. Oh, also, God. don't interviews coming your way as well. <laughs> we're back. Until then, go Hokies.